Welcome to Mastering Your Financial Life, hosted by Judy Heft, the founder and CEO of Judith Heft and Associates Financial and Lifestyle Concierge. This year, they're celebrating 26 years in business. In every episode, Judy interviews professionals who help others successfully manage their financial lives. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Judy is the author of two books, How to Be Smart, Successful, and Organized with Your Money, For a Better Today and Tomorrow, and her latest book, Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles, How to Successfully Manage Money in Every Decade of Life. You can read chapters of her books and catch prior episodes of this show at www.juditheft.com. Now here's the host of Mastering Your Financial Life, Judy Heft. Hey there, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our 26th episode of Mastering Your Financial Life. And today I'm really excited to have here with me Sal Alessia. Sal is a financial planner and advisor at Morgan Stanley. He's been there for over 10 years. Uh, and he is also a CDFA, which means he's a certified divorce financial analyst. And he really concentrates on a lot of people that are going through transitions. He's worked with people helping them with business succession plans. And that led him into working with people that are contemplating divorce. Uh, he's actually a non-practicing attorney. And so that really gives him a wealth of knowledge. And he really works and helps with a lot of people because he has some empathy and compassion and he understands, which we all know that when you're contemplating a divorce, uh, you know, it's very not only financially stressful, but it can be very emotionally stressful. And then one of the things that uh, Sal and I were talking about before the show is that one of the most Googled words in January is divorce. A lot of people say, you know, let's wait till after the holidays. We don't want to wreck everything for the family. And so then January comes and they're like, well, I'm in this situation. I'm ready to get out. So thank you, Sal. Thanks for being here. Uh, welcome. Thank you, Judy. It's a real pleasure. And I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be part of this podcast with you. Oh, thank you. So I know that you do these monthly webinars and the title of them is Divorce, Planning for a New Beginning, which is a great title. Uh, and so how do you work with people? What, you know, what's some of the information or the content of these webinars? How do people find them? Are they free? Is there a charge? How does that all work? Sure. Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, I work with uh, Morgan Stanley and uh, I focus a decent part of my practice in helping those who are uh, either contemplating or currently going through a divorce. Uh, our next webinar that we're going to have is probably going to be towards the middle or end of January, and I can get that information out to you when uh, when we finalize the date. But realistically, one of the main focuses, uh, the webinars are free to attend. Um, one of the things that we try to do is is when somebody is starting to seriously consider making that decision, there's a lot of things that they should prepare for before they ultimately tell their partner that they've decided to, to sort of end the marriage. Uh, and one of the key things, uh, at least from my perspective, there's many different things that need to be focused on uh, during that process. But from the financial perspective, the key thing is to make sure that you know every single account that you have, what institutions are those accounts at, how are they currently titled, what are the current balances, who has access to these types of accounts. Uh, one of the things that uh, is a pitfall that we talk about in the webinar as well 
is making sure that you know who the beneficiaries uh, that might be named on these respective accounts. People forget it could be, uh, you know, a family member that unfortunately is already predeceased you or, or somebody else. And so, you know, making sure that you have all that information gathered before you ultimately deliver the message to your partner is paramount because then you can really be prepared. That's interesting. So because I think a lot of people that we meet with too, they don't realize that the beneficiaries on their investment accounts or 401ks or IRAs are not necessarily the same ones that they put in their will. And just because you want to leave all everything to someone in your will, it has nothing to do with who your beneficiaries are on the other documents. And people don't realize that. Yeah, that's such a that's such a key point, Judy. I, uh, as you mentioned, I am a non-practicing attorney. I did practice for about 15 years prior to getting into the financial services. And what people don't realize is if they feel like they've done a will, even if it's been within the last few years, a will only controls assets that you owned at the time of your death. But many financial institutions, whether it's Morgan Stanley or some of the other institutions out there, have these accounts which are, are uh, titled as TOD, which stands for transfer on death. Those accounts, if you have a beneficiary named on those accounts, they do not pass through the will. They go directly to whoever that main beneficiary is. So we've had many situations where a client had maybe opened this account 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever the case may be. It could have actually been to a former spouse uh, that the beneficiary is and they've gotten remarried. So you really need to be aware of that to avoid those kind of circumstances. Yeah, that's so helpful because I think a lot of people don't know those things. And then the other thing is, you know, we get a lot of clients that come in, the non-moneyed spouse. And what yes. you were saying in the beginning, they have you know, they've given all their power away to the other spouse. Maybe that other spouse was doing, you know, division of responsibilities and you've got to do that Correct. sometimes. But the one thing I w I've seen a lot is that non-moneyed spouse sometimes doesn't have a clue. They don't know any user IDs and passwords. They don't know any account numbers. They don't know where to begin. So, you know, we have to do a little bit of uh, forensic digging to kind of find some of this stuff. So, you know, I think one of the most important things is when you're contemplating divorce or before you, like you said before, before you get down to the hiring a lawyer, you need to find these financial documents and figure out where they are and what they are so you know what your assets are. Because also it's really hard to come up with a statement in net worth, a financial affidavit, if you don't have these documents. Yeah, and that's a that's a great sort of comment. That's, that's sort of like uh, an easy way for me to explain sort of where we fit into that process. So a lot of times, you know, the, the clients have already sort of spoken with the attorneys before I get involved. Uh, in a perfect world, you know, I would like more people to know that the CDFAs uh, exist and can be part of the team or even sort of the quarterback of the team before you get to the attorneys. Uh, but that, that typically doesn't happen. It's uh, it's not well known. But realistically, when I get involved, I'm usually being brought in by the attorney. Sometimes it's mediators nowadays, which I'm actually very pleased about, because if you can avoid a litigation, that's going to be the most cost effective way to kind of unwind the marriage. Uh, but what you said before really resonated with me in regard to the non-moneyed spouses. I feel to a certain degree that I could be a real advocate for those non-moneyed spouses, especially if they're the ones that, you know, didn't initiate the divorce. So now they have a spouse that, you know, uh, has, has given them this terrible news that they want to end the marriage and they feel like overwhelmed. 
uh, okay, now what do I do? I don't even know where the money is to your point. So part of it might be, let's find out where that is. Uh, how is it titled? How much money? What are you going to do with this money? Uh, once we negotiate an equitable settlement, right? I always say equitable settlement because it doesn't necessarily mean equal. It means fair. Uh, and so that's really where we can sort of add some significant value. Yeah. So, you know, that's interesting. I didn't, until I started doing these uh, podcasts, I didn't realize that equitable doesn't always mean fair. It really yeah. doesn't. And it's a good way of looking at it because you think equitable comes from the word equal. So you think it's yes. divided equally, but it's not. It's percentage correct. times, correct? Yeah. And, and, and even more so, uh, and this is something that I really, uh, you know, dove deep into once I went through the CEFA program. You know, there are certain assets that are pre more preferential for you to negotiate versus others. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of people talk about, well, I want to get half of the 401k assets or half of the cash balance that my husband's company has been, you know, socking money away in versus the brokerage accounts that are in these after tax accounts. Well, the problem with that is those dollars are not equal. Right. One hundred thousand dollars in a 401k plan is not equal to one hundred thousand dollars in a brokerage account. Why? The 401k hasn't been taxed yet. So you have to account for the fact that at some point in the future, if you took the hundred thousand dollars from the 401k, you're going to have to pay taxes on that at some point. Whereas if you took the hundred thousand dollars from the brokerage account, you get to retain that entire hundred thousand. Well, that just proves a point of why they need somebody like you to help them. Because <laughs> yes. these are things the average person doesn't understand. They're looking Correct. at it and they're saying $100,000 here, $100,000 there. Okay, that's the same. But exactly. that's a good point with the taxes and everything. It's really great to have you on their team. So usually is the attorney bringing you in? Yeah, a lot of times the attorney will bring me in. Um, what will happen more often than not, as you just mentioned, uh, the non-moneyed spouse attorney typically brings me in. One of the main focuses that we try to do in helping and working in conjunction with the attorneys is to prepare that net worth statement. So I'll say this sort of tongue in cheek as a former practicing attorney, we never like to do the math. <laughs> so uh, now I say to the attorneys out there, listen, I can, I can really help as being part of an extension of your team and really focus in on the, on the financial component of it, the types of stuff that are going to be necessary that need to be provided to the court or, or in the process itself, but that they don't really want to do. Um, and ultimately, we can, we can gather the information, create an inventory, prepare the net worth statement on behalf of the client, and then really start to, to get into the weeds on helping negotiate that equitable settlement. So which assets are going to be more vital for the non-moneyed spouse? Just by way of example, I just got engaged last week by uh, an attorney had referred his client to me and she started off with the notion that she wanted to keep the marital home. And there's a lot of that. That happens often, right? They've been living there for 30 years. There's no mortgage left on it, whatever the case may be. But I think what people sort of don't think about is as a married couple of two incomes, you're, you're able to sort of cover that overhead, the expenses, the real estate taxes, all the utilities that go along with that. Now, post-divorce, you're going to be one person. It may not necessarily make economic sense to, in fact, keep that marital home. That's part of the process that we'll go through. Does it make sense to keep it? If not, 
how do we sell this or potentially even have the other spouse buy you out and move on from that point? What What is the maximum you can get for the value of that home without having to necessarily go out there and sell it and, and, and divide the proceeds? So that's a good point. I think a lot of people think, uh, you know, I'm going to be getting divorced, so it's only going to cost me half as much to live, which is definitely the wrong answer, especially if you own a home and different things like that. And it's an emotional tie to give up your home. I, too, was divorced after 30 years and yeah. had to give up my marital home. And, I, you know, even today, sometimes I think, wow, I wish I still had that house. But then I remember and I smack myself and I say, you know what? It was a money <laughs> pit. You know, it, yeah. it was an older home. It needed a new roof. It needed a new oil burner. It needed this and that. And so, you know, it just was an economically sound decision for me. But, you know, you got to move on. So Listen, make those hard decisions. You, you, you can't you can't discount the emotional component of this. The entire right. process is is sort of uh, sparked with emotion from from beginning to end. And so I can't I can't discount that aspect. Really, my responsibility is to help them sort of navigate through the process, give them a clear picture of what the financial components of it are going to look either during the divorce or post-divorce so that they're in the position to make the best educated decision on how they move forward. At the end of the day, you know, the economical decision may be most uh, appropriate to sell the house, right? But you said you have 30 years of memories there and there's a value to that. Um, my job may be, well, how do we help maintain that? Is there something where, you know, you didn't have a mortgage anymore, but we might have to go out there and do that, do that to supplement the lack of income to be able to support the overhead and stuff of that nature. Yeah, that's really helpful. So, you know what, Sal, we're going to take a little break now and then we'll come back and we'll sure. talk some more. Thank you. Hey there. I just want to tell you a little bit about my new book that just came out called Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles. And here it is. It's how to successfully manage your money in every decade of life. I co-authored this with my CFO, Liz Levy. And together we created this manual that's going to help you through every stage of life. We talk about having a baby. We talk about young adulthood, pre-retirement, what to do when you're at that age of retirement, if you're contemplating divorce, do you need an estate plan? We cover all of these, each subject in a different chapter. And I really think that you're going to find this so helpful because at the end of every chapter, they have checklists that you can look at and you can use and they can be a guide for you. So this is a wonderful manual that we've created. It's available on Amazon. You can also find it on our website at judithhepp.com slash book. And we're here for you. If you need anything, reach out. I hope you enjoy the book. Here's another picture of it, just so you know what's going on. Here it is. And I'm really proud of it. It's my second book. And I'd love to have you uh, read it and give me your feedback. Judy Heft, JudithHeft.com, financial and lifestyle concierge, celebrating 26 years in business. And over the years, I've learned so much. And what I've been trying to do is impart a little bit of this knowledge to you so I can help all of you become as financially organized as I am. And we're back. Thank you, Sal. So let's talk about some of the other webinars that you have planned. You know, do you do a different one every month? Uh, we do. Uh, as as uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, I really started uh, in the financial services industry, leveraging my previous legal background. And as a practicing attorney, I did a lot of business succession planning 
um, as well as asset protection and estate planning. So what I typically do is one month I'll have a divorce focus webinar. And then the other month, uh, I off, I, I offset that with, uh, sort of emerges and acquisition themed, uh, webinar where essentially the title of it is how to prepare for the transaction of a lifetime. Uh, and what we do again, it's, it's really focused on the pre-transaction planning. What are the types of things as a business owner you can start to put in motion, you know, hopefully two, three, possibly even five years in advance of ultimately selling the company? You know, most business owners, they've started this company and from its infancy stage, now they're maybe 30, 35 years into it and they have to make a decision. You know, do I want to continue down this path? Do I want to sell it to a third party? Uh, do I have children that might be working in the business? Do I have faith uh, that they can actually take on and continue my legacy? Or maybe they're not interested in that. So how do we create sort of this exit strategy so that the business owner and their family can continue on to the next chapter of their lives? Uh, so I typically run those. Uh, so January will be the divorce-focused one. February will be the uh, uh, pre-transaction planning for, uh, for business succession. That's great. I'm sure that those uh, webinars help a lot of people. So you do a different one each month? We do. Yeah. Okay. And, and and I try to match them up with, uh, you know, whatever's sort of relevant in that particular month. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think February has sort of a Super Bowl theme or something to that effect. But uh, yeah, we try and make it fun. Uh, they, are, they are usually an hour or less. Uh, I try to get the, the audience to be engaged as much as possible. A lot of times uh, when they register for the webinars, again, these are free to attend. Uh, if they have specific questions, they can post them in advance and we'll try to address those live during the webinars themselves. Or I always offer a, uh, a free consultation for anybody who's attended the, the webinars to, to speak with me for 20 or 30 minutes at no charge, just to kind of, uh, if it's a little bit more personal uh, in nature, the questions that they may have, they may not feel comfortable asking them during the webinar. Oh, that's great. So are they recorded also? If someone doesn't sign up, can they watch them? Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for asking that. So I use a platform that allows me to record uh, the webinars and then they stay on that on that platform in perpetuity. So even if you didn't attend the live webinar, let's say the one coming up in January of 23, if you register for it in advance and for some reason you're unable to attend, you will get an email post uh, webinar uh, sending you to a page where you can actually log in and watch the webinar uh, independently. Oh, that's great. That's really helpful, Sal. So thank you. So this was wonderful. It was really interesting talking to you. I hope our listeners learned something. I certainly did. And uh, how can they find you? Uh, yeah, the best way I would say is is probably through the social media platforms, LinkedIn. I'm on there, Salvatore Alessia, uh, A-L-E-S-I-A at um, Morgan Stanley. My email address is salvatore.alessia at morganstanley.com. Um, those are probably the easiest ways to connect with me. And uh, I'm pretty active on social media through Morgan Stanley itself. Um, and if, if we connect on uh, LinkedIn, that's one of the ways that I sort of send out the invites for the webinars as well. Oh, that's great. Well, put me on the list for those webinars and I'll share them. With I definitely you. will. Thank you, Sal. Thank it. you so much. It was great speaking with you today. Have a wonderful too, holiday. Judy. Yes, same to you. Thank you very much. Thanks. You've been listening to Mastering Your Financial Life, hosted by Judy Heft. 
Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing this show with others. You can read chapters of Judy's books and catch prior episodes of Mastering Your Financial Life at www.judytheft.com. <laughs>